0: Hello! This week's episode is what we're calling a Re-Hit. We're reposting our episode from August 19th, 2022, in which we discuss the Danish-Norwegian bubblegum dance and Europop group Aqua's 1997 Global Smash Barbie Girl. We thought we'd share this as the new Barbie film hits theaters this weekend, in case you missed it, or you'd like to revisit as we re-enter a Barbie world. Stay tuned for an update regarding this song and the movie at the end of the episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new installment of the podcast. Welcome to You Wanted A Hit, a podcast in which we discuss unlikely, perplexing, and positively bizarre songs that swept the nation and often the world. Hit songs that, looking back, make us think, how did this get played on the radio? Do people actually like this? Do we like this? Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm your co-host, Michael Smith, and I'll be discussing one song per episode with my co-host and fellow music fanatic, pop culture enthusiast, Theo Beidler. Each episode, we'll take turns exploring the song, while the other host has no idea what song will be the focus until we hit play.
1: 25. 25 episodes. It is uh, the the quarter-life crisis <laughs> of a human being typically comes around this time period. It does. And that's the age of our podcast.
0: Uh yeah, I could see us going into a quarter life crisis after talking about this song. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> I completed my research today and uh I I was just flying through it, I had all these notes, it's going really well, and then I just like hit a wall where I couldn't focus because uh I I made a I made a french press this morning out of my uh dark matter coffee <laughs> beans. And I don't know what happened. Maybe I miscounted the scoops, but it was so damn strong <laughs> that I was. And I'm like a two cup a day person. I'd had one cup kind of watered down and ice. And I was just like freaking out. Off the walls. Yep. And I had to make some damn. food. I had to like eat some nuts and then make some food and then get back to it. I drank a bunch of water. Oh, wow. Uh, and then I called up to uh, Jamie was upstairs and I was like, are you flying from this coffee? And she's like, yeah, what the hell is in here? It's like jet fuel. <laughs> <laughs> um so dark coffee it works uh yeah hey. those of you out there haven't tried it yet uh and firsthand today i i found that out but uh i do recommend not overdoing it uh with the amount of coffee you use to make your pot because it was wild
1: yeah i feel like we're we're peddling Adderall or something. it really feels like it it was
0: <laughs> it was crazy I'm gonna talk about on this lovely sunday afternoon
1: Yes. Sure jump in. I'm a girl, in the world. It was only a matter of time. You can brush my hair. yes me Is this song de- de- decisive? I think everyone loves this song. dang let
0: i I had to at least get to that part. Um It's divisive in a number of ways. Um, I'd say uh, there are people who do not like this song and find it annoying. Uh, uh, There's also, uh, you know, some drama around it. Um, You know, we'll get into it.
1: I'm surprised it took us 20 some episodes to get here because this is a song where whenever I tell somebody about the podcast, like almost notoriously, they're like, oh, like like a song like Barbie Girl. Yeah. And same. So this is perfect that we're finally getting to it. I think I almost avoided it for that reason. I think because I may have two. Two on the nose. We've got it. We I two. mean, we have
0: a I feel like quite a few left that are totally on the nose that we haven't covered yet. True. Which is yeah. great. Gotta keep people wanting more. Uh and I we love doing those little side quests, the songs that like are not as obvious. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think some of those have the most interesting stories. Um but the last episode you said that you didn't want to do this one. <laughs> You didn't. You, you weren't feeling it. Would I say that? Well, you said like um. Uh, I've been drinking you like, a lot of Sierra
1: Nevada since then. You, so
0: you were like, you said you said something like you were like, oh, I mean, I wasn't gonna pick
1: like Barbie Girl or something, and I was like, well, I mean, we have to talk about
0: that song. <laughs> well, I know,
1: I, but I think that's what I'm saying. I think it was too on the nose. Yeah. That I, I knew we would get to it. Right. and so i just go to other sources beforehand but i, I figured since last episode
0: you said that let's do it this time and then it turns out they just announced like two weeks ago that they're reissuing the album on lp and remastered on digital because it's the 25th anniversary of
1: barbie girl well and it's uh the, the barbie the album. movie's coming out
0: that's true the barbie uh, movie yeah. is coming out i don't i, What's I don't the know band? if it's gonna
1: be. aqualand it's definitely not Aqualung. Aqua. <laughs> uh,
0: Aqualung is that like piano dude, right? Oh, yeah. uh, who took, obviously took that from uh, Aqualung is uh, Jethro Toll, right? Oh, yeah. This is Aqua. They're called Aqua. Aqua. They're a Danish Norwegian bubblegum dance pop band. Sure. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The band consists of vocalists Renee Diff and Lean Nystrom keyboardist Soren Rosted, and guitarist Klaus Noreen.
1: Ooh, yeah, I love a Thorn, and I love yeah. Klaus. Soren's great a man.
0: great name. Um, mm-hmm. Klaus and Soren met in Copenhagen, Denmark, in 1987. Uh, they were 18 years old. They were both aspiring musicians. In uh, a recent oral history of the song published by Rolling Stone this year for the 25th anniversary, which is fantastic, and I will reference it a lot, Uh, Because it's straight out of the band's mouth. Uh, Soren said that he at the time was really into stuff like Simple Minds, David Bowie, and U2. So, you know, like Glammy, New Wave, 80s rock, uh, big chords. And he said Klaus was more into electronic music like Depeche Mode. Uh, They started jamming. You
1: you mentioned uh, a lot of great um, reference material here. A lot of amazing bands that obviously encouraged them to start playing music. And so... From how we got from there to Barbie Girl, I am very interested. Please go on.
0: (laughs) They started jamming, and then eventually they got an apartment together so they could just work on music all the time. Hmm. And they eventually soundtracked a 1994 Danish kids movie called, this is English Trans Naughty Frida and the Fearless Spies. Uh, Hmm. It's like a typical cheesy ragtag 90s kid movie, you know, a bunch of bunch of misfits band together to save the day a lot of movies on youtube i watched some of it um huh? i didn't understand any of it because there were not subtitles but you could kind of get the vibe it was like a kind of like a low rent like stand by me sandlot I'm oh,
1: never mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> i was into the music yeah
0: the the singing kids are i'm
1: gonna go back to the beginning I like the, the beginning forward though, right?
0: yeah it starts out cool Meanwhile, Renee was in Norway, and he was djing in clubs, playing funk hip-hop house electronic music uh he was really into the band Erasure at the time secret weapon in the clubs mm. he would rap during his d j sets he thought which was probably pretty novel uh I think it was at the time there in particular. Yeah. Um, he thought standing there playing records was boring, so he just tried it one time he like got out in front of the booth got a mic started rapping and people thought it was cool
1: <laughs> i'm into it
0: yeah okay. i'm not sure it would go over quite as well in america i feel like i feel like over there it makes a little more sense for it to be kind of a novelty thing yeah. also a massive rick astley fan and talks about that a lot <laughs> a multi-faceted dude here shortly after that renee ended up djing on a cruise ship between denmark and norway that would like go back and forth and while he wow. was DJing on this boat, there was a game show for the passengers, and it was hosted by a woman who caught Renee's eye. This woman's name was Leen Nyström. She was also a singer. She sang in various shows on the boat. And Renee wasn't DJing. He spent much of his time on the boat trying to woo Leen. <laughs> mm. And they eventually ended up dating. So, sometime in the years that they were dating, I, there's not a lot of specific years on this stuff. Austin Soren were in the studio. Working on this kids' movie. So, probably like 93, I guess. Uh, and Renee happened to be in that same studio and they met in the hallway. Well, it turned out for this kids' movie soundtrack, they needed a rapper. <laughs> and, convenient. And Renee offered his services. Of course. And oh, wouldn't you? after they started doing some recording, he ended up working on the entire soundtrack with them. I love it. So, Renee's working on these songs. Uh, with soren and klaus and he went back to norway and he played some of the songs for lean and supposedly she said i can sing better than that take me to denmark with you and i'll record the vocals (laughs) (laughs) and he did so they all started collaborating on the songs and it turned out that lean's bubblegum pop singing and renee's deep voice raps were a combination they thought really worked hindsight
1: 2020 we know it did right
0: uh, I tried to find more songs from the soundtrack and all I could find was the one I played earlier and then this one and this one doesn't have any rapping in it. I couldn't find any of the songs that have both singing and rapping but here's another song from Naughty Frida and the Fearless Spies
1: Song's exactly the same <laughs> <laughs> at, at least this one just jumped right into the singing it so did. I didn't even have a moment to be like Oh okay. <laughs> girl it's just immediate like no not for me uh, it's not like something i would put on to enjoy all the uh all the comments are in danish as well so they we are. can't even can't even tell if people are throwing shade or not
0: i don't think it was a huge <laughs> movie but it was definitely one of those movies that like you know those kids movies that we <laughs> uh theo's doing some excellent this is, this is dancing awesome. <laughs> Uh, you know those like kind of obscure ki- like we all have those like kind of obscure movies we liked as a kid, and you find like oh, one best. person every so often that's like, oh my god, I used to watch that too. We recorded off. You the like cable. Camp Nowhere as well, dude? I seriously saw this movie on YouTube and thought about Camp Nowhere, <laughs> especially because the cover kind of looks like it. They've got like a pirate flag and like, dude, yes, Camp Nowhere.
1: Oh, I love Camp Nowhere. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd
0: experience with the soundtrack. Uh, they naturally decided they'd start a band together. And the band was called Joy Speed.
1: Uh, Joy Speed is better than I <laughs> uh it, Yeah, I guess. Um, I like it's it. not bad.
0: Uh, they spent all their time together writing and recording music. And much of their music was made with a Roland JV2080, which was a 64 voice MIDI synthesizer, which means that it had a library of a bunch <laughs> of different instrument sounds. In Joy Speed released their first single.
1: How do we go? How do we get to Barbie Girl? <laughs> what a, Is this cover supposed to be like an email? I guess. I was thinking the same thing. Uh-oh, what? Oh. <laughs> it's Itsy bitsy spider? Or yeah, I don't know.
0: It's so weird, but it's Itsy Bitsy with Z's. It's Z Bitsy Spider. Because,
1: you know, they're in the club. Crazy. I love the uh, the comment on the on the actual like uh, description of the video. I have to say, this is a clever idea for a song. Time three taking a children's song and turning it into a dance song and adding silly lyrics. Enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Awesome. Oh my God. Well, I <laughs> it, it, it just it is the it's, it's, it's uh, but it is, yeah, like, yeah. Before I kind of the lyrics, I was like, oh, they just, like, put the beat. No, they just, they just covered you
0: know, the Itsy Bitsy Spider. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Even still, a small Swedish record label signed them in 1994, and they <laughs> put out Itsy Bitsy Spider
1: in... Hey, it, Sweden, America, it's still the 90s music industry. It area. is. Everyone's getting record deals.
0: Just, just <laughs> <laughs> throw shit at the wall, and it might stick. I mean...
1: Yeah.
0: They put out the song, Sweden. And the single did not become super popular. It did hit the charts, but it disappeared pretty quickly. Uh, the four were very disappointed. They canceled their contract with the label because, you know, it's not me, it's you. Uh, even though the label wanted to keep them on to see see what happened with them. Uh, so they've now got no record deal, but they have a new manager and they decide to start over, start nice. fresh, and they changed their name did, in fact, change their name after signing with Universal Music Denmark. Mm -hmm. And they did, in fact, rename themselves Aqua, which they got from a poster for an aquarium that was in their dressing room at a show. Okay. That's the whole story behind them being called Aqua. I don't know.
1: I mean, uh, better story than I actually thought they were. Yeah.
0: They put out a first single called
1: Terribly crazy (laughs) (laughs) Itty bitty spider (laughs) like a poem that everyone has (laughs) Yeah (laughs) At least and I'm not trying to be like xenophobic but I was just trying to say it sounds more like what I know them as but although mainly because they're speaking English I guess Yeah Uh, But it sounds more like aqua.
0: The aqua that you and I know and love. Hey, this one's better. This one's better for sure. They stepped up big time.
1: They're just goofy people, right?
0: Uh yeah, they seem like they've we'll we'll hear a lot from them. They seem like they've really got Hey. Sure. <laughs>
1: <It's> better. <laughs>
0: uh well the song was released in denmark in september 1996 and they, they did expect it to break into the danish top 10 but it far surpassed all expectations and stayed in the charts for over two months and was certified platinum in denmark
1: now, how many songs are being released in a two-month period in denmark i have no idea
0: <laughs> i don't know i mean i mean there's international songs being released there so i'm sure um uh, so they kept pumping out songs you know, in, in hopes of making a record uh, and the next song that they made is called Dr. Jones it is a song about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom <laughs> specifically in the scene where Short Round tells Indiana to wake up because he's been brainwashed by the blood of the Kali Ma who's like the, the you know the group of bad guys that movie's pretty xenophobic uh
1: so they're they're kind of just like nerds. yeah, it seems that way. Who so get like really I into guess. something and they're like let's make a song out of it. This video is starting to give me some Barbie yeah, girl for feeling, sure, absolutely. Clearly, they're so theatrical. They,
0: they made movie. this video later, um, after Barbie Girl. Oh, okay. Also involves the scene uh, on an airplane in that movie when Willie Scott tells uh, Indiana to make up. So that's that's the whole theme of the song song that that did all right that we'll get around to um but just like america in the 90s it was not as customary for like mainstream pop to write and produce all their own music i could want to do it on their own terms so they were holed up in the studio making their music for what would be their debut album and while they were doing this soren went out one night and went to an art exhibition and he saw a very interesting piece at this art exhibition uh, it was you know? numerous Barbie dolls smashed together into a big round ball that was hanging and looked like a planet. And Soren okay. was enamored with it, and he muttered to himself, life in plastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> wow. And then, I'm guessing he's had a Here few we drinks. go. He just keeps saying to himself, come on, Barbie, let's go party. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes back into the studio <laughs> and he writes the chorus, but he writes it with major chords. So, and this song's in my, in, in a minor key, uh, C sharp minor. And he, uh, mm-hmm. he's playing the song and Klaus says, this has to be in a minor key. So they argued about it and he relented and. The song was in the key that we hear it in now. Uh, They also argued about the lyrics for some time. And uh, Klaus and Soren say that they argued a lot in this band because they were kind of handling a lot of the production and and instrumentals while uh, Renee and Lean were doing the vocals. Some lyrics and then Renee and Lean write their own lyrics for the song and they kind of pieced it all together. And... Lean was originally singing it a little lower than what we hear because she thought that the chorus was way too high for her. Because, I mean, if you listen to the chorus of Barbie Girl, like, she's stretching. It's in a really high octave. And she was concerned that she couldn't hit the notes live. And Soren and Klaus said it had to sound out of this world. So they had to keep it in a high key or high octave. And they said, no one will notice if we change the key live when you sing it. (laughs) Probably true. Most people, yes. Yeah. Uh, after the song came out, people speculated after hearing their live sets that her vocals were manipulated in the studio to be higher and Lean says, it's all her. She's She sang that in the studio. It was just really difficult to sing.
1: <laughs> huh. well, it's not so bad for her though. I, mean, yeah.
0: I do uh, also want to point out that this song features a drum sample from Dutch dance music duo The Good Men's Give It Up from 1993, which was actually a pretty decent sized global dance hit. Um, it was a big like import hit people would like look for this record and spin it at clubs and as i just mentioned in most interviews with the members of aqua they do they consistently talk about how they were creating their own sound producing it all themselves however there were two other producers on this song and most other aqua songs jam and delgado their real names are johnny peterson and carsten dalgard they worked with a number of Scandinavian pop acts, and they are credited by some for creating the bubblegum dance sound. For instance, this song Lying came out Betty, two years before Aqua. This song's by Me and My,
1: called Lion Eddie. Different time. <laughs> the video you, is insane. You sound, sound, sound. It.
0: oh! oh Have they go. started lion taming yet? For you? They're about
1: to <laughs> It's crazy well, I, I, End of the 90s This was just a different time in Europe Like Dance was just so much hotter than it was here yeah. Oh, there, there they are the are. lions wow. And it looks like they're actually in the cage with all these lions
0: There's like 10 lions in there Just singing and pop You know, it's been around for decades Frequently used for music that to some is sweet, contrived, pointed toward adolescence. Uh, but bubblegum dance is actually a subgenre of Eurodance music. Um, we all know plenty of Eurodance music from the nineties and even now. Uh, it's usually house influenced with some techno. Typically the songs have singing and rapping. We've got songs like, uh, Rhythm is a Dancer, Pump Up the Jam, What is Love, Scatman, like all that stuff is Eurodance general euro dance music but bubblegum dance is characterized by cute lyrics and happy sounds which is funny because barbie girl's in a minor i know, key, I, but it still I, know I want to hear it again happy. now I mean, i'm sure
1: I um, soon. and I, I never really thought about it as a minor key uh, you
0: will shortly but it's a little bit more of a pop sound than Eurodance. uh the lyrics are typically lighthearted and not meant to be taken real seriously um you know fun childish subjects um and actually bubblegum dance was coined because they found similarities with this in like 1950s pop music where like you know the girls were in like you know chewing pink bubblegum and had sure. like pink skirts and all that stuff uh the females would usually sing the chorus they might have a male singing in the song as well like a back and forth kind of thing it may suggest that the songs are aimed at children however it's not always the case it's really common for bubblegum dance songs to have Double entendres or suggestive lyrics that are actually more appropriate for adult audiences. Enter Barbie Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go.
1: I want to know more about Lion Eddie, though. Is Lion Eddie an actual person?
0: I have no idea. I'm very curious about Lion Eddie. Because for
1: our listener, they just spelled L I O N, not L Y I N G. So it's Lion. You're right.
0: He's uh maybe a lion tamer.
1: Is there there a dollop episode about the line, Lion Eddie? (laughs)
0: Eddie. Oh, man. I feel like that perfectly describes Barbie girl because there are some suggestive lines in this song, such as I'm a blonde bimbo girl in a fantasy world. Uh, Dress me up, make it tight, I'm your dolly. You can brush my hair, undress me everywhere, of course. And kiss me here, touch me there, hanky panky. Love it. (laughs) love it uh so the band has addressed these lyrics uh multiple times and um renee says the song is about it being okay to be the person you are look the way you look and be confident in that you don't necessarily have to have plastic surgery to be a better person Mm. it's all metaphors in the song and it's a tongue-in-cheek way to present it
1: that feels like a little revisionist history It does. Uh, you it's, know looking back the, like, actually it's about body positivity like, oh, okay. klaus
0: separately said it was a song about plastic surgery huh. other parts of the song are sexual he said but um they were really trying to make a statement and lean also said that she was kind of trying trying to take the piss out of pamela anderson <laughs> 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 when she wrote wrote some of the lyrics uh she was like we wanted to take the piss out of that perfect girl that was the main thing we discussed we didn't say it very often but that was really the main thing behind it
1: i think that's what i in in, in a roundabout way always thought the song was about just kind of like playing commentary on the plastic world that we live in like everyone trying to yeah be someone different being someone else and you know coming off the heels of like fake plastic trees or radiohead and yeah like yeah. That that kind of like overall commentary. So not specifically pinpoint or any one person, but
0: Yep. Yeah, and I I now I actually had never really thought about it in that perspective, but now when I listen to it, I kind of hear she sounds a little sarcastic in the song. Yeah. And she kind of sounds like she's just like from the perspective of what people would perceive to be like a plastic celebrity, just here for your entertainment.
1: <clears throat> but like dog and horn, someone for being who they whatever they want to be. Is like not as cool anymore. <laughs> like I don't think the song would, would float that way. So that's why I feel yeah. like that first bit about uh from Claws or whatever was Yeah, like a little bit of like, hmm, that's probably not really what you meant by
0: Being day, yourself but. and Of course, one of the main reasons Barbie Girl was so huge globally is because of the iconic music video. The video is directed by Peter Peterson, and of course we are going to watch it.
1: Oh, they're the, they're the drums. Yeah, right. It's this music video it's so classic. Yep. I mean, it's a banger. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so, oh, look at that haircut and Soren.
0: Oh, I know. And claws. Wow. Uh Peter Peterson, the director, uh, has directed over four hundred commercials for international brands such as Kellogg's, Carlsberg, Lego, McDonald's, Bayer, Panasonic, etc. Uh, and he's done thirty-five music videos for bands like the Ravenettes. The superheroes who I don't know. And Aqua. He's directed five Aqua videos, including the Dr. Jones one that you watched. I was going to
1: say, yeah, very similar vibes. Also, hey, hold up. On. One real quick. Renee's haircut is like a uh, like 90s Miami version of, of the Dr. Phil. I did not notice. he's, he's it not really bald. is. He's got weird, totally weird little yeah hair yep. above his uh, ears here. What the yep. fuck? <laughs> I know. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for Halloween. I'm going to go with Renee. <laughs>
0: Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> crazy about uh, Peter Peterson is that he directed that Dr. Jones video, the like Indiana Jones song. Mm-hmm. And then in 2008, he directed Lego Indiana Jones.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> Came full circle. Wow. Uh,
0: he also has directed some of the Star Wars Lego movies. That's pretty uh, cool. He's also directed multiple horror films and a documentary about Jim Morrison.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Crazy shit. Uh, but. So he was starting out as a director uh, and he said he was having a hard time getting work and he got the request from MCA to do Barbie Girl. And he was like, I was doing weird like grainy black and white art shit in a basement and they were like, hey, here's Barbie Girl. (laughs) And he's like, what the hell is this? Like, what am I going to do with this? So they, they rented out an old wine warehouse in Copenhagen and turned that into a studio. And he said he just wanted to be like, as cartoonish as possible, as huge as possible, huge colors, huge props. He did, like, a storyboard, and they were trying to figure out who's going to be in it and whatnot, and he had actually watched Spike Jones's video for Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. Oh, one of the greatest videos of all time, yeah. in my opinion. And he said he loved those crime movies and exploitation movies that they were referencing, Yeah, and it was kind of an inspiration that it had the Beastie Boys, like, playing characters. Oh, okay. And... He said he wanted to see the band playing these characters, but he wanted it to look like the Flintstones or Scooby Doo or the Jetsons. Like, that's what he was trying to do Man. with this video, which I could totally see. Nailed it, right? Yeah. And uh, so they had a meeting with the band, and Lean said that she didn't want to play Barbie.
1: <laughs> I mean, you have to. Sorry.
0: And he was like, you can't fucking do that. Yeah. You have to be Barbie. <laughs> yeah. And Lean said that she doesn't get angry very often. But she got really pissed off because she said, I don't want to look like Barbie. That's against the whole point of the song. She's like, I came into the dressing room. Stylists were there. We had an argument. The label came in. The director came in. And I stood my ground. I don't want to look like Barbie.
1: I assume that Peter Peterson probably wanted her to look like the very cliche Barbie, right? So in the video, she is obviously representing a Barbie figure, but she does not look like what Barbie would look like in the 90s or we would like now barbie if you are a 14 year old listener of this, of this podcast you might have grown up with a barbie that has many different variations but when we grew up and for the last 50 years before that barbie would looked like one symbol one single thing um and lean does yeah, not end up exactly. looking like that barbie in the video
0: well but if you get to 227 that's when the folks come in that look like barbie and oh, Ken. that's right and they're like all, they, they're moving like robots and doing this party. and That's when the band starts playing. Yes. Do have Barbie and Ken looking characters. And art director said, I have friends who look like Barbie and Ken. I want to call them up.
1: <laughs> they don't really look like Barbie and Ken that much, but uh, clearly, clearly well clearly yes, know, who
0: they are. Enough. Yeah. Enough. Oh, Ken was played by a gentleman named Mads Toggle. And he said that they were invited the day of the shoot. And he's like, we're not busy. And uh, he and the gal played Barbie. They were, I think, in acting school. And they were like, well, free lunch. Like, we'll go do it. Fine. There and are a
1: few things that I won't do for a free lunch. So,
0: yeah. he. Said that they, when they got there, they colored his hair pitch black, (laughs) as you can see in the video. And the lady promised that it was easy to wash out afterward. And he said he had black hair for over a year. (laughs) (laughs) A year? Yeah. And they didn't even have time to rehearse. So he said they just started doing these like plastic movements and the director just went with it. Um, And it worked. (laughs) And it worked so well that uh, the actors that played Barbie and Ken got married.
1: And they're still married. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is the only time that I think it's appropriate to play barbecue yeah. at a wedding. Their, their wedding. Otherwise, I don't yeah. want to hear it. <laughs> but, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Once it hit MTV, that was it. Hold on. Wait, wait. Before we talk yeah. about MTV, can we uh, can we take a quick Sierra Nevada break?
0: Yeah. It's always good to take a Sierra Nevada break. Yeah,
1: I need to, I need to take a quick little... Crack! I, I need to Let do that there. as well. Give me one. Give me one second.
0: You got the, your, your uh, Sierra Nevada.
1: Oh, are you ready for this? This is the official Sierra Nevada sound of the pod. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: great sound. Uh. I have uh, responsibly enjoyed a couple in nevada summer breaks their session hazy ipa mm, today delicious so, uh, here we go I'm,
0: I'm- oh back to aqua um once Barbie girl hit mtv that was it aqua was massive
1: 100 uh,
0: and very few scandinavian pop acts have scored big hits in america but the ones that have typically come from sweden although aha is from norway barely any acts who made it in the u.s are from denmark uh so breaking in america was an impossible dream for aqua i've read a couple things where they said like early on yeah, know we could tour scandinavia like that was the biggest they thought of. Crazy. Uh, has sold more than eight million copies yeah. worldwide it became a huge hit on multiple continents uh the band actually did a lot of touring in asia from this song it was very popular in asia uh, it reached number one in more than 10 countries, including Belgium, France, Germany, Ireland, Italy, the Netherlands, Norway, Scotland, Sweden, Switzerland, and the UK,
1: mm.
0: uh, as well as on the comprehensive Euro chart. It was number one there, too. Is that like a overall yeah. European mm-hmm. chart? Um, it actually debuted on the UK singles chart at number two. Debuted yeah, at number what? two. I don't know. Okay. On the UK, I don't know. Crazy. Uh, and then it was number one for four weeks. And it was the 30th best selling <laughs> single in the UK. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> That's wild.
0: Um, outside Europe, it peaked at number one in Australia and New Zealand, number four in Canada, and number seven on the US Billboard Hot 100.
1: Okay.
0: What's. But, hey. Reputable. what's really interesting is that it debuted at number seven and peaked at number seven
1: whoa wild Isn't that crazy so it did just like catch on fire in one week and mtv and yeah yeah out? wow yeah that's right now okay.
0: uh that's what i i think happened from what what i can tell uh it it was at number seven it hit well i guess debuted at number seven on september 6th 1997 uh behind it in the top ten. Number ten was Not Tonight, Lil Kim with DeBrat Left Eye, Missy Elliott. Uh number nine was You Make Me Wanna, Usher. Uh oh, I yeah. sang that song in the fifth grade talent show. <laughs> uh Never Make a Promise, Drew Hill. Oh, uh, yeah. and then Barbie Girl. Number six, Thur Eye Blind, Semi Charm Life. Ooh. Yep. Or uh, that had to be on the charts for like two years, right? It had to. Uh, number five, "How Do I Live," Leanne Rimes, country crossover.
1: I mean, That's that song
0: it. was enormous.
1: I mean, that was a pop, AC, country, yeah. uh, smooth jazz probably. Urban that alternative was song <laughs> was fucking everywhere. Uh, yeah,
0: and she didn't win the Grammy for it. Trisha Yearwood did. For what? For the same song.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. But Leanne oh. Rimes
0: performed it at the Grammys and then didn't win for it. Trisha Yearwood did. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. And it's the Trisha Yearwood version in uh, Con Air.
1: hmm Yeah. That's like, you know what, side note. That's like all country was in the 50s and 60s. For sure. Crazy that like that it came about again. In the late so 90s. So wild. But
0: yeah, it was the wow. classic, like, two labels. Like, well, let's just pump enough money into it and it'll be fine. What well, we talked about it in the last episode. Like the cover song
1: yeah
0: yeah uh number 4 is to become one by spice girls three mm. massive song i'll be missing you puff daddy and faith evans featuring 112 Big <sighs> yeah. song uh i it's on its way down now i assume it's down from number 1 right. uh number 2 quit playing games of my heart backstreet boys big song and number 1 still a massive song Notorious B.I.G., Mo Money, More Problems. I mean, massive. Uh, Generation. Yep. Damn. Uh, Damn. That top 10 is enormous. I mean, all of it is iconic, iconic artists. So 90s. Other than Aqua, like, everybody <laughs> is <I know. laughs> yeah,
1: legendary. Barbie Girl. Barbie Girl its own in its own right. But, like,
0: it's pretty amazing that they're on there with all these artists. Like, just, you know, Wild, yeah. iconic, historic artists. Uh so Aqua released the full album around the world uh in that fall of
1: ninety seven. This is Aquarium? Yeah,
0: Aquarium. Yep. This is their debut album Aquarium. Uh although the album sold well, uh many still wrote the group off as a one hit wonder. And the band. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh well they did have another hit in the US. They had Lollipop, Princey's Candyman. I'm going to song. Hold yeah. on,
1: I don't, I don't remember. candy huh? oh, Candyman. They, all their videos are, I mean, they're obviously very similar, but they start with like that, it's like almost like an old school, like presented by Aquascope, like. Yeah, and this video too, like. They're, they do. they're so novelty, that's the thing. They really are. So, uh
0: yeah, they released Candyman uh in the US, but it wasn't released as a single elsewhere. Mm. Um in other countries. So They're release...
1: right?
0: Yeah, MCA mm. Universal. Um they released Dr. Jones around the world and that did quite well, uh, but was never released as a single in the US. Mm. Lollipop Candyman uh was released here and it made it to number twenty three on the Hot One Hundred, like pretty high.
1: Yeah. I thought a very good song.
0: It's not great. No, it's no Barbie girl. But uh, it did all right. Um, It was one of only two songs to ever make the top 40 here. Uh, The song did make it to number three in Australia. So there's that.
1: They they love everything down there.
0: (laughs) They're just so positive. Literally
1: every single song we talk about, we're always like... It went number one in four countries, including Australia, and then, you know, this, that,
0: and the other. (laughs) They're just so enthusiastic. So the band actually didn't even want to release Candyman as a single at all. It's not their favorite song. In fact, I think one of them I read, he was like, I think it's one of the worst songs on the album. Uh, But the U.S. label insisted. And they they were like, oh, it's a weird decision, but it It, did okay. It's a tough position to be in. uh, You know.
1: Because whether you like it or not, Barbie Girl is a novelty song. And... It's very difficult to follow up a novelty hit that kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, what track do you take? Do you push the novelty side of things? Do you try to become more mm-hmm. mainstream and legitimate? Like, he, you're in an unfortunate position. No one's going to argue about wanting like a number one hit or top ten hit. But like, it's it's a hard position to be in. It's a hard position to follow up with. Yeah, you can't win. Right at the end of the day,
0: I think, especially in America. Uh, where right. there's so much music. It's such a huge country. Um, these things can be fleeting. So when you have a novelty song, it's hard to come back from it sometimes, or not to get pigeonholed. They did okay. really well in other countries consistently with other singles, but, you know, it's an age-old story. I mean, yeah. think about a band like, I think now they're revered differently, but, you know, to the layman American in the 90s, like Oasis was this, like, lame ballad band from sure. England. When it turns out they're, like, one of the biggest rock bands on the planet. Like, it's just different here.
1: It's hard. There's just so much shit. I like to think that Noel Gallagher is somewhere listening to our podcast, being like, did he just compare us to Aqua? This <laughs> fucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know what
0: you're thinking. Or you probably had this thought throughout the episode. Mm. How did Mattel let this song happen?
1: I uh, actually, I feel like I know a little bit about this. Do you? Uh, I don't know why I know this, but I'm pretty sure that they were not happy with it at first. They were sued. not. And sued. And then. They were sued. Made it in a fucking advertisement later down the road. They did. <laughs> so, this is all yeah. true.
0: This is all true. Uh, Aqua did get sued, but not until 2000. This was like. Three years after the song came out. Wow. Which is crazy. And I'm thinking they're probably like, oh, yeah, well, we got away with it. This is like
1: I can imagine if this song came out now, you would have like all the 22 year old like social media folks working at Mattel being like, oh, my God, we should we should do this. And like four years later, the president finally hears the song and is like, wait a minute, let's sue.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, exactly. Um, The lawsuit had 11 different claims, uh, and one of which was trademark infringement. And specifically, that the sexual innuendo of the song had damaged the Barbie brand.
1: <laughs> like, that brand can be damaged. When you told me that this uh, this band sold 8 million records, I looked up how many Barbies are sold every year. And 58 million Barbies are sold every year. So I can't imagine it really damaged the brand. And did it go up
0: in, like, 98,
1: 97, probably, 98?
0: I probably. It probably did. Yeah. It's, like fr- it's just free advertising. 100% can you even damage the barbie brand like beyond the like uh f- things that are already like controversial about right. barbie <laughs> Fair, like, yeah. there's already like all these things about you know uh b- body image and white supremacism and like all this shit that's like
1: people you know. aren't gonna want to buy our rich hot skinny white doll ever again god damn it <laughs> yeah, blonde, exactly. too, blonde. yeah yeah yeah
0: right exactly they uh mattel even claimed that the band infringed on what they called barbie pink Hmm. in the music video which is absurd but they do have uh, color patented and to be clear mattel sued mca and not the band interesting and that's probably a
1: good uh like pr move
0: probably yeah actually one of the band members said what were they going to come after the little danish band that could like come on Uh, And the band also consistently says, yeah, only in America we would get sued for this. (laughs) USA, Uh, USA, USA. uh, The band was represented by uh, attorney Russell Frackman. And he's done a few interviews about this. And he said he legitimately felt that Mattel had a weak case. Uh, He said that it was reinforced when he looked more into Barbie's background. Barbie began as a German doll known as Lily. And good. Lily was a plaything for adult men. What? So her background was not pristine. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah.
1: Wait, uh, it's back in like the 40s and 50s?
0: The high end German call uh, girl.
1: Uh, and it looks like Barbie.
0: It Barbie straight up looks like sister Barbie.
1: Barbie. The sexy German. Yeah, these ads are very suggestive. Barbie and sister build Lily a buxom flirtatious and racy doll marketed to men and through the risque 1955 doll was largely been overshadowed by the success of the american toy Frackman also
0: said that that it became very clear that barbie had been represented in books and other media even in recordings prior to barbie girl as representing a certain type of person she became an icon standing for a certain type of person that led to the major defenses in the case which were essentially first amendment defenses to
1: to, to me there's no case here
0: he also said uh that they hired literary experts, record industry experts, marketing experts, came up with all sorts of material that was more critical of Barbie, more sexual. Um, and he said that uh, for many years, uh, people did not depict, or people did not perceive Barbie as feminist <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, and yet the song was doing quite the opposite, is, is what yeah. he was saying. Yeah. Uh, he also said that Uh, Trademark names have been used in songs for many, many years. Janis Joplin's Mercedes-Benz, Paul Simon's Kodachrome, Bruce Springsteen's Cadillac Ranch. (laughs) Uh, And at one point, Mattel even argued that they could have just named the song Party Girl.
1: They could have. Yeah,
0: but they didn't. they didn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Mattel, don't don't get fucking creative. You're not a songwriter. Get out of here. The lawsuit
0: dragged on for years. MCA paid all the legal fees. Uh, It went to the Court of Appeals. Ninth Circuit and uh, Judge Alex Kaczynski ruled in favor of MCA but not exactly for the reasons that have been outlined before. He said the song's a parody. It's protected as satire. Well, that's what I would thought would be
1: the first argument. It's
0: protected as satire. Uh, And he ended his opinion with a now famous legal line. Ooh. The parties are advised to chill. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so yeah, the judge gave him the win because the song is parody, which is legal use in the US. That's how our man Weird al gets to do all of his songs. Uh it's a you know, it's it's part of freedom of speech. Interestingly though, in nineteen ninety seven when Aquarium came out, the CD case had a statement on it that said the song Barbie Girl is a social comment and was not created or approved by the makers of the doll
1: so it's like they knew it was coming there's a pre-lawsuit yeah Yeah. three years before oh yeah i wonder if they actually give more credence to the lawsuit then still the the three why three years i i have no idea i couldn't find out it had to have been like a weird downturn in sales and they're just like grasping at anything like right now, yeah, if your company is like struggling right now, you're like, "Well, wow, inflation and, and uh, supply chain issues." Right. And you're like, that doesn't affect your business at all. And you're like, "Well, I'm well." Better. Their whole case.
0: Their whole case was that the song's popularity and its uh, suggestiveness damaged the Barbie brand. So that would take time for it to damage the brand. So mm-hmm. maybe they were just sitting on it. I don't know, but I do also think that this really does solidify the the themes of the song that it, it really is social commentary and it's it's meant it's meant to be satire yeah. for that purpose. It's not just like let's make a party song about Barbie. Right. So yeah, they won. It's uh it's their song. Uh in twenty eleven, the song was voted worst song of the nineties by Rolling Stone Readers. Be, number one. Can't be true. I don't think it's there's true a either. Lot uh it's a lot worse. <laughs> some of which we've covered. Yeah. Um but many journalists do look back on the song fondly. Uh, this past February, the video racked up its billionth view on YouTube. Wow! Landing it in an elite club alongside Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody and Guns and Roses' November
1: Rain. And, um, and Gangnam Style, so you know.
0: And Gangnam Style. This song is frequently used by environmental movements such as Fridays for Future, oh, I can see,
1: okay, yeah. uh,
0: bringing attention to the plastic thrown by humans into the seas. Uh, and they use the song lyrics in their slogans. Life is plastic is not fantastic. And the band has never had an issue with this. <laughs> well, same not, <and> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. The song has been covered and sampled a number of times there's one that i was dying to find and i couldn't find it if any listeners have a recording of it like a bootleg or a video somewhere i couldn't find it apparently for a while faith no more was covering this song live (laughs) and i just really want to hear it because that's so perfect
1: (laughs) i would love to hear that
0: yeah i would too uh it definitely seems like something mike patton would do very strangely and like not ironically yeah the song is interpolated in the 2014 Ludacris song Party Girl, oh, which is oh, hilarious because oh, oh. that's what Mattel okay, said. They should
1: have called it. Uh, I would, I would love par- to see I, like, the writing credits and, like, at the end. like Mikel Incorporated. I just it to you, I don't know if you've ever heard the song before. Uh, I don't think. Ooh, I like
0: I this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been covered so many times and released as singles uh identical twin sisters amanda and samantha marchant known as (laughs) samanda yeah sure who i guess are popular in the uk they released a cover of it that reached number 26 in 2007 uh good i don't know i listened to uh what kind of journalist (laughs) are you hey i'm not a journalist that's what it is
1: like a mary kate and Ashley
0: olsen yeah it's one of these i don't know just based on the descriptions i was like okay <laughs> swedish artist yeah. loke okay. nyberg did a version of this song and he interprets the song as criticism as today's beauty ideals popular brazilian recording artist kelly key recorded a version in portuguese in 2005 and she basically just said i like this song i'm gonna record it whether my fans like it or not and it turned out to be a hit in brazil uh, i think that's the one i was reading that she was like criticized for it because her i guess her music's like pretty explicit typically and then when she did this cover people were like oh this is like kid stuff uh on the indian sketch comedy show goodness gracious me there was a version called punjabi girl uh, that was also then released on the radio. That's just kind of funny. Yeah, imagine. Uh, funny I think it's funny that they're like in dragons. <laughs> in 2012, the song was parodied in an Australian lamb campaign, relying on the Australian use of the term "barbie" to refer to an outdoor barbecue. <laughs>
1: Some some copywriter got a bonus for that one. Yeah, in
0: 2014, the song was used in the South Park episode "Cock Magic."
1: Sure, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have kind of a kids' corner.
1: Kind of, a, be, I God. guess it is it's a kids' corner. Uh, Kid bop proper. Yeah, the lyrics are still a little, you know. I mean, they,
0: little they're suggestive. suggestive, but, they're uh, also, but we like, have
1: it, it's kind of a crafty song because while they are uh, suggestive. They are. Uh, They're pretty literal. Yeah, like yeah.
0: I, I think except for I that was, hanky panky line. That's the only one I think.
1: Yeah, but I think I was at the age <laughs> where I knew that it was social commentary and it was like tongue in cheek. But I easily, if, if I had been three, four years younger, I think I easily would have been like, "Oh, let's talk about my Barbie," and like I wouldn't have thought it. Definitely. About it. Oh, this came out. I was in like ten, eleven years old
0: yeah and i i do remember all my friends knew it was suggestive everyone thought it was funny yeah and i do remember kids like on the bus singing boobs of plastic nipples of elastic (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: i I don't remember that but
0: (laughs) i don't know if that was just a thing on my bus but uh anyway we have uh we have smurfarna which is the swedish version of the smurfs doing barbie girl in swedish Like this? exactly what I described.
1: Yeah, oddly enough, this uh this sounds like the Smurfs singing Barbie girl. And it doesn't sound that much different. <laughs> because
0: she sings really. so high in the chorus anyway.
1: <laughs> maybe if I saw her alive, I'd have again like I actually even listening back, it doesn't sound like a minor key song. I guess it is. It just never captivated me that way but
0: No, there's like a slight uh like creepiness to the song. Yes, right. yeah. I feel like that that wouldn't be there. Uh, so where's Hawkwind now? What's happened since Barbie Girl? Well, they released their follow-up album Aquarius in 2000. It took them three years to make. Uh, and they basically like hit away in 99 to they make their new fucking record. They were boring like crazy. They were. Yep, they were. Uh, the album was a departure from their purely bubblegum dance sound, incorporating elements of folk, country, and rock. But they did have many songs on it that sounded just like Aqua. Uh, The lead single was one of them. It's called Cartoon Heroes. It was number one in Denmark and number one in Australia. (laughs) Uh, It sold well around the world, especially in Scandinavia, but it stalled out at 82 in America. And uh, after the big tour for Aquarius, Aqua disbanded. And Lean married Soren. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. Lean married Soren Mm. in 2001 but I don't know if that drama had anything to do with the band split. There's no, they're all still friends. So this literally looks like a power man, 5,000 music video. <laughs> <It does. laughs> yes. That, the song stalled out, uh, and the band broke up. I already said that, um, during their split lean, Renee and Soren all released solo music to, uh, moderate success. In fact, lean and Renee, uh, both had successful songs in Europe Uh, Klaus continued in the music industry, remixing a lot of other artists' material. Soren released spoken word albums and wrote and arranged music for the Royal Danish Opera Ballet, which is pretty cool. Uh, He also scored some film and TV. And then in 2007, the group announced a reunion tour, as well as the release of a compilation album, which had some new Mm -hmm. material. And then their third album, Megalomania, was released on October 3rd. 2011 and klaus left the band in 2016 though they all remain friends uh they've reunited for tours multiple times and have performed on television specials including the eurovision song competition and they are touring now and will continue to tour through
1: 2023 and beyond in like a festival like 90s pop type thing or all, like they've done some of those like 90s revival festivals like, they've, they've done I, a few of those uh, show but i'll see them bust out three or four songs sure
0: well funny you say that because in november 2021 funny you say that because i'm buying from... you tickets too. <laughs> <the Yeah>. <laughs> in november 2021 they flew from denmark to the park fundadora festival in monterey mexico where they were only to play one song, Barbie Girl, <laughs> and Renee said, "Let me tell you, that is a long way to go to play one song. It's a twenty-six hour flight." <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. They probably got paid handsomely to play. Oh, no, they Girl. did,
0: and it, it sounds like they actually had a lot of fun. Like, we'll um, pay you three
1: hundred thousand to play Barbie yep. Girl. Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, and
0: the band has talked about, uh, the song and how much they've had to play it and how it's, you know, big part of their identity. And, uh, they all have such like a great perspective on it, like a lot of these novelty songs that we've talked about. Um, Soren says, I never get tired of the song. I really don't. I enjoy playing it live. He said, of course, three times in a row is a lot. He said, but I feel fortunate that everyone in the world knows the song. He said, I've never felt like a one hit wonder. Uh, and he said, mostly because we have had other songs in other countries be big, so we're really just a one hit wonder in like one or two places. Um, okay, so Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he said that song is a gift, and he'll never be bothered by it. Huh,
1: okay. He said,
0: even though a lot of people probably want to kill us for it.
1: Uh, I don't think people, I don't find it as hated as much as other songs we talked about, where mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, some people love this song, some people hate this song. I think everyone kind of loves this song.
0: I, I don't want to hear it four times that, in a that row, it's fun. But-
1: yeah it's fine it's fun
0: uh i'm sure if i were a little older when it came out i probably would have fucking hated it but i don't know that might be true yeah but uh lean says she's really proud of the song and uh she has to admit that there were some times where she was like oh god not again like we can't play this song again and she said she can understand people getting pissed at it it can be super annoying and it sticks like glue (laughs) 100 percent yeah and she also said in europe and asia most people know we aren't one hit wonders when we had other hits so it is what it is you just have to come out and prove them wrong when you play live
1: okay lean <laughs>
0: yeah all right lean <laughs> uh so that's barbie girl that's it we did it we did we it, did it. Finally, finally did it i know there's some people who will be stoked about it because we've been asked about it a lot finally had to do barbie girl 25th anniversary so if you want to go see aqua you can go see aqua And if you want aquarium on vinyl, now is your time.
1: And if you like, Mike and I were born in the late eighties, and you want to feel old, just think about that—that song is twenty-five years old. (laughs) Oh my god!
0: Yeah, it's fucking crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Uh, Happy Um, anniversary! Are they? uh, You probably don't know this, but I wonder if the song will be a part of the upcoming. I don't know. Ryan Reynolds. I'm hoping so.
0: That's not Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Who is it? <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Ryan, Ryan, Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Ryan yeah,
1: Gosling. Same person. I
0: don't know if it's going to be that movie. I'm hoping it is. And as you said, Mattel has used the song in ads now. Yeah. Wait, uh, so, uh, which is ridiculous. That's great. I mean, it's typical shit. It's yeah, like it really Disney is. when they get pissed about shit. They're like, well, we're going to use it
1: later. Yeah. It's, but that's like it comical that they sued. Yeah. And then they were like, eh, fuck it. Total you can't hubris. join them. when I'm, yep. you can't beat them join them. Yeah. Uh, speaking of hubris, mm-hmm. uh we have a mailbag. That's right. We have two.
0: Uh and we have two we have two things to talk about from people writing in because uh, I forgot to cover one last time. So, right, we're just going to put them it. both here. The first one is about Wang Chung uh from our ep- two episodes ago. Uh Alicia, who is an avid pod listener, uh she talked about um, how Dance Hall Days uh, she had heard another story about what that song's about. We had talked about how Dance Hall Days is inspired by the novel Lolita and she had read that it was actually about Jack Hughes, the frontman of Wing Chun uh, his dad working in a Dance Hall where they were learning a Lindy Hop style of dance oh. which is a jazz or swing style of dancing uh, it's oh, like damn. crazy swing dancing yeah this is like very involved. like oh, gymnastics shit. yeah it's amazing
1: oh, that's super cool
0: yeah uh so she even sent me an article where he says my dad was a musician and he had a band that played in an old-fashioned dance hall i used to play with him in that band so maybe there's sort of the nostalgia that's in the track huh. it's all quite real actually as far as experiences that i have when i was first starting out playing and playing in public and i said Well, that completely contradicts everything he said, but it kind of makes sense because they did that a lot. (laughs) Like that whole episode was just like, I don't know. They said this and they said another thing. Their name means this, but it's not real. Like, it's just, I don't know. Perhaps it's a combination of things, but that's a totally different story on that.
1: I meant it. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Our second mailbag uh, came from Jace in Nashville. And he said that he has heard around Nashville multiple times that there is an uncredited writer in Honky Tonk Badonkadonk, which Ooh. we covered in the last episode. And that writer is Chris Stapleton.
1: <laughs> no way.
0: That's what he says. So, it's hard to verify. Uh, uncredited. I'm, I'm, I'm a big dumbfounded over here. But Jamie Johnson's in it, so like I get that. Uh, yeah, I know. Like, kind of makes sense. Uh,
1: would I be surprised? Because Chris Stapleton would have been coming out at the time. Exactly. He, he would have been yep. a young songwriter, just like Jamie. Just like yeah. Dallas. Um, Interesting, yep. I don't know Uh, why at the time you wouldn't want to take credit. I mean, maybe he had this,
0: he already had this plan of him being this like super serious, like kind of Americana country guy. Like, I don't know, I have no idea. But
1: you don't turn down a free like 250 grand in your mailbox every couple months for well, maybe he's uncredited,
0: but his publishing's involved. I don't know, maybe I don't know. But supposedly that's a little rumor around Nashville. So, uh, well, that's Aqua Barbie Girl. It's done. It's done in the books. I'm picturing uh, Frodo in Lord of the Rings. It's done. It's done. He's 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 destroyed it. (laughs) Uh,
1: For our listeners who tune into our podcast every week for our travel advice, if you ever go to Copenhagen, where some of the members of Aqua seem to have lived at one point, um, one of my favorite pizzas of all time. It's in Copenhagen, at a place called Based, love so, it. I it, great, it. I had some great, I had some
0: great pasta there. And honestly, I was there and I was eighteen, and uh, a lot of people I was with were talking about how they went to the club that the that Renee they kept saying the ball guy, uh, Renee from Aqua owns a club <laughs> there, and they all went there.
1: Yeah. Oh. Oh, you know what else I had at in Copenhagen? I went to that whiskey bar. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. If you really are interested, hit me up uh but when i mentioned the the yeah whiskey uh, so when iceland, i was iceland but, i
0: had a whiskey that was uh it
1: was uh filtered like filter through, through sheep smoked dung. sheep dung yeah yeah sounds crazy but that was like the key to unlocking <laughs> that's like, right <laughs> the secret room of this place he was like oh my god you know about that whiskey He's, like let me show you the vault and i like, took me in this attic and it was like mind-blowing experience when you're traveling alone, like those experiences are yeah. fucking everything because you're like, "Wow, I've like I've found my community in Copenhagen in this, in this random town." Um, so, a huge fan. I was of very glad I told and, you about uh, the poop whiskey. Yeah, worked yeah. out. So, uh, look at that. Aqua. aqua. Aqua comes from a great, great part. I of love. The
0: world. I love but, Denmark. Love Copenhagen, and uh, I love that we've finally and covered barbecue. We love aqua.
1: <laughs> we did yeah. it. All right. One well cheers
0: here's to uh here's to plastic dolls and poop whiskey
1: yeah
0: (laughs) sure i hope everybody enjoyed either revisiting or visiting barbie girl for the first time uh again this episode was from august of last year and a lot's happening with barbie now so we wanted to bring you all up to speed uh so when we discussed barbie girl the song last year the barbie film had just been announced that's right we knew about the film we mentioned it we mentioned it in the episode and we speculated that maybe this song would be in it and then we heard from multiple sources including somebody very close to the the project that it would not be we we heard it would not be and then the list of soundtrack artists came out and there was in fact no aqua listed and i frankly i was pissed uh Uh, it seemed like a no-brainer to use that song in like a fun, tongue-in-cheek way, because the movie looked, from the trailers and stuff, like goofy, nostalgic, ironic. Like, it's perfect. Um, So I was was disappointed, uh, especially after knowing so much about the song now. So, last month, uh, a single from the album was announced uh, called Barbie World, and the artists were listed as rappers Nicki Minaj and Ice spice featuring none other than aqua i was excited to hear it it was released on june 23rd and exactly as i suspected nikki and ice were rapping over a sample of aqua's
1: 1997
0: hit <laughs> i have heard this stuff oh you haven't no <laughs> i don't give a it's, shit uh, stuff it's, it's definitely it's pretty i mean it came out three weeks ago and has 32 million views so. yeah well Red.
1: That's what
0: he's thinking. I'm in New York medicine ad. i Barbie girl. Paint Barbie dream house. The way can
1: be finished. I am yelling out like the scream house. Yelling out, we ain't selling out. We got money, but we ain't lending out. We got bars, <laughs> but we ain't billing out. And that pink Ferrari, we pilling out. told tape, Bring the bar billing out. The boots so called. We just chilling out. I, I like Nicki Minaj. This is just not too. good. It's, it's pretty phoned in. You're, it's totally phoned in. You're just, like, one, the beat's not that great. It's a pretty like, fucking like, I bought the beat off my And you're like, kind of rapping about Barbie. You're just saying like, work. it's like the
0: shittiest trap beat. like, I really don't like this. It's not great And the video kind of sucks too video sucks. Actually the only cool part of the video is the dolls The dolls are cool The rest
1: of
0: it sucks The rest of it looks like a cheap version of the Aqua video cheap yeah, a better video That's barely totally featuring Aqua Well it's, I mean the whole background is Aqua Like every, the entire song Because could have done so much more with it I totally, think, I totally agree. I think They could have done a lot more with it. Uh, it's funny, though, because not only was Aqua sampled and has a publishing credit, but like I mentioned, they are a featured artist and they have a performance credit. So they must have negotiated the shit out of this. So they're going du- to double. Um, I will say, Nikki was an obvious choice to do the song. She's rapped about Barbie numerous times and has had several songs that are revolving around the doll and she even has an alter ego she calls Harajuku Barbie. Oh, and her fan ma- her fan base is often re- referred to as Barbs. Huh. So she's very into Barbie. Uh, however, there is some controversy that's been swirling around the track. Shortly after the song was released, several trusted music publications reported that producer Jason Martin claims that the song had been stolen from him and another artist. Da, da, da. He tweeted this to his 100,000 followers. Uh, He said that he and rapper Saweetie had developed a rap song using the same Aqua sample and submitted it for use in the movie. He included a clip from an Instagram live post from Saweetie in which she was performing the song. He says in the tweet, as a writer on this, I can confirm the song and idea was sent to her, uh, Nikki, last year to submit the Barbie movie. It's sad to see that the original artist had been pushed off the song. It was her idea. It was meant for both of them. I have no side in this, but I will be. I think it's more he was like, we we made a rap song over Barbie Girl and yep. submitted it to exactly. the parties that exactly. created
1: the song. I can confirm that this song idea was sent to her last year to submit for mm-hmm. the Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you submitted and so did yeah. like Seventeen thousand other artists, including some very notable people. So sorry, your submission did not get chosen. I submitted to winning the Powerball last night, and I did not win. <laughs> also, an easy an easy connection to make. Like Barbie movies come in.
0: Nicki Minaj is all about Barbie. Yeah. Let's send her a, a a a rap song that samples Barbie Girl by Aqua. Like it's like such an obvious thing. But he he made a big stink about it. Um, he continued another tweet. If or when I need to detail the whole way it went down in regards to this Barbie shit, you will understand why all writers need to be compensated with day rates and contracts protecting their intellectual properties a day of. Hopefully this gets sorted out quietly, but please know I don't scare easy.
1: Fuck off! <coughs>
0: Excuse me. Uh, he also spoke about it on his own Instagram Live uh, and said that he and Sweetie created the song, submitted it to Minaj for the Barbie movie.
1: Well, th- well okay, well they submitted it to, to Nicki yeah
0: and then she okay. said she said she was going to use the song and then made her own version that's what he says um as far as i can tell i i looked uh no one from nicki minaj's Ice spices or the record companies uh teams have addressed this at all well they have not they've not even they've not even
1: recognized but it, it was all over the trades they sound very different number 1
0: they do. I think it's the idea, is that what he's saying? And she was like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Cool. And then she did her own thing. But also, it doesn't seem like it has any proof. The so.
1: idea was laid out to you. Hey, can you submit a rap song involving Barbie for the upcoming Barbie movie? Like, that's the idea there. I'd already guessed this was going to happen. Oh, yeah, someone's going to rap over the Aqua song. Of course. Like, yeah. Um,
0: but Nikki does say that there were a couple songs. Uh, for the film so they wanted her involved in the film soundtrack to begin with that's the whole thing because she's she loves barbie it's very vocal about that uh she said there were a couple songs that she didn't love and then she heard this aqua sample and she loved it she wasn't even considering doing an aqua song like anything with the aqua song she heard this she's like oh that's it and Mm -hmm. she said she jumped on it right away Barbie World is currently the highest-charting song from the soundtrack. It debuted at number seven on the Billboard Hot 100. It was Nicki Minaj's 23rd top-ten hit and I Spice's fourth. Wow. Um, the song is also their second collaboration. Uh, they collaborated on a song called Princess Diana, which peaked at number four on the Hot 100. Never heard it. Uh, also this year, Tiesto released a remix of the original Barbie Girl. Which has racked up millions of streams. Uh, it's an official, an official remix. Big year for Aqua. It's exactly what you would imagine. It's a house remix of Barbie Girl.
1: Yeah, it's very tiesto. Yeah, it's pretty good. That you got know, cool. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Uh,
0: meanwhile, the original Barbie Girl is on its way to half a billion streams on Spotify, Ooh. and the video just cracked a billion YouTube views this year. And I assume many more are on the way after the movie is released this weekend. Whew! And that's Barbie Girl, the re-hit, the redo. Re-hit. Yep. There it is,
1: Barbie Girl again. Go listen to Aqua's Barbie Girl. Fuck the new version; it's not very <laughs> <pretty> good. <laughs> or listen to, if you actually if you want a different version, listen to Tessa's version. It's kind of fun.
0: Oh, yeah, Tessa's version is fun. Yeah, totally. Hi, like Tessa. All right, cool. Good stuff.
1: There it is. That's
0: a wrap on this episode of You Wanted a Hit. Thanks for listening. Good luck getting that song out of your head. If you enjoyed the show, please do all the things podcasts usually ask you to. They really help. Tell a friend about the show, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, write a review on your favorite podcast app, and visit our website, ywahpod.com, that's ywahpod.com, for updates on new episodes, and our merch store. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, coffee mugs, stickers, and more, and it all goes back into the podcast. We'd love to hear what you thought of the episode, and we also want to hear if there's something that we missed. You can reach us on Instagram and Twitter at ywhpod or directly via email at ywhpod at gmail.com. This podcast was researched, produced, recorded, and edited by me and Theo Bible, and our theme music is by Air Doctor. We'll see you next time.